Fifty years ago, the Canadian Broadcasting Company invited the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. to deliver the renowned Massey Lectures, a series of talks broadcast live over the radio that continues annually to this day. And whereas some lectureships have a quite narrow focus, the tradition of the Massey Lectures is broad. Speakers are asked to explore the ideas that make us who we are and to ask the questions that make us better human beings. If you're interested in reading or listening to Dr. King's lectures, they've been published in a short book titled The Trumpet of Conscience by UUA's our own Beacon Press, and there's an accompanying audio CD so you can both read and listen. But I bring them up this evening because today is actually the precise 50th anniversary of Dr. King delivering the fifth, which was also the final in the series of Massey Lectures. It was broadcast live as he preached uh, to his own congregation from the pulpit of Ebenezer Church in Atlanta, Georgia on December 24th, 1967. In an interesting coincidence of the calendar, that Christmas Eve 50 years ago was also on a Sunday. And the series of talks takes on added resonance as we realize that Dr. King was tragically assassinated a little more than three months later. At the far too young an age of 39, as a point of comparison, I am 39, standing before you here this evening. And I don't mean for our focus to be unduly heavy on this Christmas Eve, but it is stunning to consider that if Dr. King were alive today, he would be 88 years old. He should still be with us in the movement for racial and economic justice. And although he is no longer with us, his legacy does continue. And I'd like to invite us to spend just a few minutes this evening reflecting on the message that Dr. King wanted to hear in his Christmas Eve sermon from 1967. A message that 50 years later continues to be profoundly relevant in the ongoing struggle for peace and justice, for resistance and resilience. He titled his homily, Peace on earth. These were the opening lines. This Christmas season finds us a rather bewildered human race. Maybe some of you can relate here in 2017. He continued, we have neither peace within nor peace without. Everywhere paralyzing fears harrow people by day and haunt them by night. He then proceeds to explore three conditions that might actually make for peace on this earth, if we were to really want that. As I briefly name these three conditions, I invite you to consider what are the myriad different ways that each of us in our different spheres of influence might help advance and create these conditions in small and large ways in the coming year of 2018 that it will be here shortly. First, if we are ever to have peace on earth, Dr. King said, we must transcend sectional loyalties. Instead of putting our race or our tribe or our class first, instead of even putting America first, we must develop a world perspective. In Dr. King's words, we must either learn to live together as brothers, as sisters, as siblings, or we will perish together as fools. Second, Dr. King cautioned that the only way to create a lasting peace is through peaceful means. 
Dr. King was convinced that any attempt to create peace, to try to force peace through violent means, would either intentionally or unintentionally sow the seeds of future violence, revenge, or retribution. Instead, in the words of activist A.J. Musta, King called us to consider that there actually is no way to peace except that peace is the way. Third, Dr. King said that an essential condition for peace on this earth is, is, our, is what we call our UU first principle, recognizing that every single human being has inherent worth and dignity. And until we ensure that every human being has at least the basic minimum, clean water, healthy food, a simple, decent place to live, access to health care and to education, until every human being has that, a sturdy floor from which to act upon, until that happens, the conditions are ripe not for peace, which requires justice. The conditions are instead ripe for social unrest and for uprisings due to the presence of social injustice. Finally, toward the end of his sermon, Dr. King looked back to August 1963 when he had stood before the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., not too far from where we are this evening. That's where he delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. A little more than four years later, on December 24, 1967, Dr. King said, I must confess to you today that not long after talking about that dream, I started to see it turn into a nightmare. He went on to detail the nightmare of violence that was the Vietnam War, to detail the nightmare of violence that was continually inflicted upon peaceful civil rights activists seeking only equality under the law. Today, 50 years later, King's legacy of working for peace, liberty, and justice, not merely for some but for all, is carried forward in the Black Lives Matter movement for racial justice. It's carried forward in the Me Too movement for gender justice. It's carried forward in the burgeoning, um, revitalizing poor people's campaign for economic justice. Dr. King's vision of building the beloved community is a modern, secularized vision that 2,000 years ago was called the kingdom of God. That vision was embodied in the life and teachings of a baby whose birth we remember and celebrate tonight, an infant who grew up to be the Jewish social prophet, Jesus of Nazareth. And if more than, and in the more than 2,000 years since that baby's birth, there have been victories in the ongoing struggle for peace, liberty, and justice for all. But there have also been many times when the pendulum has swung in the opposite direction, swung toward violence, swung toward greed, swung toward division. That's why we continue to carve out time in our busy schedules to gather in places like this sanctuary because we need one another's as companions. We need one another's as, one another as midwives on this journey, on this journey toward collective liberation. In the words of Dr. King, which he borrowed from the 19th century Unitarian minister Theodore Parker, it may be true that the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice, but there is no guarantee that it will bend on its own. It needs our help. If we are to fully incarnate the values of Christmas that we celebrate this evening, if we're going to fully incarnate that every day, the values of hope, the values of peace, the values of love, 
the values of joy. Together, we can accomplish far more than any of us ever could alone. In a few moments, we will each light our individual candles, and our collective light will shine far brighter than any single candle could. And there will be times in the coming year when your candle, when your light or the light of um, those around you dims or flickers or even threatens to go out. May the memory of our time together this evening remind you of the support that communities like this one and others like it can provide. You are not alone on your journey through this life. Go ahead and turn in your hymnals to number 251, Silent Night. And also listen to me because this is important. (laughs) That's the important part. In a few moments, as we pass the flame among us, please be careful with that open flame. We want to share hope, peace, love, and joy tonight, but neither fire nor wax. So keep that candle upright and close to you. Don't um, get it close to the person in front of you. And at the end, uh, extinguish it gently, either by blowing gently or by using your order of service. You can extinguish it with that. Once your candle is lit, keep it upright to not spill wax. Let those who have unlit candles, let them tip and come to you. Uh, And so as we prepare to share the candlelight among us, I invite you to hear these words from the Universalist minister, the Reverend Gordon Bucky McKeeman. He wrote that deep calls unto deep, joy unto joy, and light unto light. So may the kindling of this flame among us this evening rekindle in us the inner light of love, of hope, of peace, of joy. And so please rise and body your spirit. Let's sing together, Silent Night. We'll sing all three verses and then we'll repeat the first verse. I will come down this middle aisle. Cole will come down this other aisle. We're going to light the middle candle. So if you in the middle can both light the people toward the middle, but also step out and help the wings get lit, then we'll, we will share the flame among us. Let's sing. As Nick continues to play, I invite you to silently and gently be seated and blow out your candles. <laughs> 